If you are like most leaders, you are in a constant pursuit to improve the culture of your organization. Today on the Champion Forum podcast, we discuss the most avoidable culture blunders leaders make and how to address them. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. What's up, everybody? It's Lem Woodson here, and with me, as always, in Champion Forum Studios is Jeff Hancher. What's the good word, Jeff? Lem, Lem, Lem. It's good to be back. Good to be uh, putting out content for our listeners. Mm-hmm. It's all good, man. We uh, we got a lot of things happening. Client base is uh, continuing to grow. Nice. The team, the, the Jeff Hancher Enterprise team is continuing to grow. We just oh, yeah. added uh, two additional trainers. Nice. Uh, Jenna and Carissa that uh, are doing an amazing job for us. So, hey, growth is good, right? That means uh, the more our team grows, the more impact uh, we get to make. Uh, the uh, executive mastermind is a good highlight mm. uh, to give uh, the world. This executive mastermind, over the last two sessions, we've been talking about sales strategies. And to give you an idea of this executive mastermind, we have everything from uh, the business owner to the corporate executive, you know, from the uh, multiple hundreds of employees down to a small group of employees. But yeah. these are these are the leader of leaders. And uh, these are people that are visionaries. They're they're living at the fifty thousand foot. Uh-huh. And uh, we've had an amazing discussion around sales strategies, and we've been talking about everything from hunters versus farmers, when to have them uh, from a sales strategy, what makes a good hunter, what makes a good farmer, why uh-huh. separating them out makes sense for your growth. Uh, we've been talking about quarterly business reviews for your top 10% of your customers. How do you build a quarterly business review? What should be in it? What's the value of it? Who your audience should be at your customers mm-hmm. to really drive not only retention of your top customers, but also upselling those top customers. And we've also had some good discussion as it relates to account management uh, within that sales strategy spectrum. So what we thought was going to be a a one session is going to end up being about four sessions. Nice. And the conversation's just been amazing. So really loving uh, the culture that's being built in that executive mastermind. It's been a lot of fun talking about those subjects. Man, that's beautiful. Hey, listener, listen, if you would like to be considered for this executive mastermind, be sure that you go to jeffhancher.com forward slash groups and submit your requests there. So getting on to today's topic, today we're talking about culture and specifically we're addressing the culture blunders that we can avoid. We've seen cultures that motivate and engage employees and others that absolutely drain the life out of them. So we're going to be talking about some things that Jeff has observed that can assist you listening in your pursuit to a world-class culture. Jeff, what are some of those things? Well, you're absolutely correct, Lem. Uh, there, there, there can be vast shifts in culture from one company to the next. Some have great, uh, highly engaged, motivated teams. Mm-hmm. Others have teams that uh, you swear that you're in a morgue <laughs> and everybody is just looking to find the door. And uh, I've seen it all. And I will tell you, I've seen it more now than I ever have because oh, I'm yeah. in multiple different organizations. And we can see these major shifts in culture from one company to the next 
just as there can be major shifts from how leaders engage in creating culture within organizations. Mm-hmm. What we know for an absolute fact is that an employee's perception about their work culture, it hinges on the leader. Yeah. It hinges on the leader's actions mm-hmm. and their words, mm-hmm. what they're saying, what they're doing, yeah. what they're doing even more importantly than what they're saying, Yeah, uh, which we do talk a lot about on this show. You can't just talk about it. You got to be about it. Oh, yeah. People... Uh, see much better than they hear. Absolutely. And so culture is going to be very much so reliant on how the leaders are living it out. Mm -hmm. And there are countless books written on the subject. There's several factors, there's several variables that can contribute to culture. But today I wanted to really narrow the focus on two areas that can make very swift improvement and they can be addressed right away. This isn't, you don't have to sit into a cultural workshop to begin executing these two things today. And they're two that I see very often that we can take action on. And the first one is communicate what is happening in the organization. And, you know, this is not something that you're going to say, well, you know, thanks, Mr. Obvious. I, that kind of makes sense to me. We should be communicating what's happening in the organization. There's a difference between knowing what to do and doing it. Oh, yeah. And many leaders, what I find is they're guarded with their communication. And this can be problematic because employees tend to fill in the gaps. And when they start filling in these gaps, it's often with very unfavorable assumptions. Mm-hmm. And this is an area where no news is not good news. People need to hear the communication from the leadership. When there's a lack of communication, they start coming up with their own narrative. And this can be very dangerous to your culture. Leaders should be very open, very transparent. Now, clearly, there's going to be some things uh, that are for the leader's eyes and ears only. And I get that. But when it, when it matters most is whenever we're talking about changes and developments within the organization, especially those that are going to impact your front line. And when this is the case, this is going to require very frequent communication, and we should be doing this across as many channels as possible. There are countless communication channels at our disposal today in the world that we live. We need to be thinking about which ones can we use how should we use them, and what is that communication going to be? Always remember, though, that people, they're not so much afraid of change as much as they have fears and concerns about this new way of doing business or where we're going or a change in a comp plan or a merger or an acquisition or fill in any blank that pertains to your business. I have come to find that people are less concerned about the change than how things are going to be and how that's going to affect them on their day to day. So don't be afraid of the boogeyman and fear if I say something, uh, what kind of negative impact could this have? What you should be thinking is, what if I don't say something and they create their own mindset and agenda around what they think? What I also find is that people have some dedication to the way in which things have always been done before. Why is that? Well, we're creatures of habit. And so we can get so caught up in how we've always done it. And we have this dedication to how we've always done it. Because by the way, we've won this way in the past. And so this is some of that rub that we get with any type of change management or you know shifting in cultures. 
In change, what you're asking your employees to leave is their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And who likes that? Like nobody enjoys getting out of their comfort zone, even if getting out of it is for their, their benefit. And so we have to know that as a leader, how are we communicating this? Just because you've digested and, and processed what's coming or what's next or what's happening and you're bought in and you're in favor of it, you have to remember that your employees are hearing this for the first time. Yeah. Another important note is to ensure that you're not just communicating what's happening, but why it's happening. This is another easy fix that's often missed. This is especially a problem for the driver type. Uh, do what I say and I'll pay you on Friday kind yeah. of mentality. <laughs> you know, hit you over the head. Uh, do do what I say. Don't ask questions. Not not a great way to lead people through change and build a great culture. Be prepared not to just tell people what's going on, but why it's going on. When you do this, people are more likely to embrace change if they understand the motive behind the change. Then you have to select the best communication channel and how you're going to present that. Is it going to be an email? Is it going to be video? Is it going to be social media? Is it going to be a billboard? Is it going to be a conference call? I mean, there are so many different things that we can do. Yeah. But I do want to give you some variables uh, that you should be considering when you are selecting how you're going to communicate this out. The first one is timing. The timing of information is imperative. Mm -hmm. um, you know, think of emergency situations, uh, the pandemic, we're shutting the office down, whatever it might be. Communication, though, however you plan to do it or when you, should, when you plan to do it, it should be proactive. If the rumor mill has already begun mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's in action, you, you have waited too long. You've already missed it and you have to go fast. The second factor to consider is location. Employees' location may affect how you deliver the messaging. You have to ask yourself, are, are your employees in one building? Are they at multiple sites? Mm -hmm. Are they all over the world? Uh, do they work virtually? Like there's a lot of factors in determining location and how you're going to present the information. And then it's the message itself. Another issue that affects the decision is the sensitivity of the information. Yeah. There is not a right size for everything. This is not one size fits all. We have to be thinking about how sensitive is this information? How is this going to affect our people? Mm -hmm. And how are they potentially going to process it? Yeah. I remember um, several years ago, I, was, uh, I got an Outlook invitation to be on a conference call. Mm -hmm. And the invitation was from the president of our division. And also included on this invitation was the CEO of our company. Oh. Now, I had been with the company, call it 15 years. And I had never, and I mean never, had I been on a conference call with our CEO. Mm -hmm. So between the time I get that invitation and the time that conference call starts, yeah. you can imagine the oh, rumor yeah. mill. <laughs> What's happening? Did somebody yep. die? Are we yep. being sold? Uh, was there uh, a legal issue? Like, what is going on? And we get on, and the we have the CEO and the president, and they give a press release, basically, mm -hmm. that the division that I was working in was being sold off or merged with another company. Mm. This had never happened in the history of the company I was with, mm -hmm. and there was shock and awe. 
And I thought to myself, there could have been a better way to go about this. Yeah. But then I thought to myself, after I became more of a mature leader, what they did was the best way. Mm -hmm. They had every employee within that division on this call. Mm -hmm. And everybody heard the information at the exact same time. Yeah. Up until that time, and this is a 45,000 employee company, Mm -hmm. up until that time, there were only about four or five employees that knew anything that was going on. Yeah. And I thought, man, that is some great wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that safeguarded how this information was going to be pushed out. Yeah. And at first I was mad. I felt hurt. I felt betrayed. You know, all these things as I'm processing this. But I'm thinking to myself, if this would have leaked out prior, everybody would have been making their own narrative. True. Am I getting fired? Yep. Who's my new boss going to be? Yep. All of this stuff, it would have been a nightmare. So we have to be thinking a lot about how are we delivering information. Communicating is not a one-and-done effort. Be prepared to communicate, not just one time, but again and again ad nauseum. Restate the vision, retell the story, and enable your employees. Doing this first step and doing it well Mm -hmm. will elevate the strength of the culture in your organization. I like that. You know, and it sheds light on the fact that A lot of these cultural blunders that we see are totally our fault. Yeah. It's based off of, uh, it's it's an effect caused by an action that we've done. Yeah, or an inaction. Right, right. It doesn't just, it's not that sometimes, you know, and you see it, you can see a company with a bad culture and sometimes it's like, oh man, they just got the shorter end of the stick, like... It didn't work out well. Maybe they had a bad apple in the bunch. or But no, like these things are avoidable. They're they, totally they are avoidable. avoidable. And, and you know what's funny about you saying that, Lem, is most people know what they should be doing. Right. The problem is, is that we get busy doing so many things and we forget when to do it, mm-hmm. how to do it, yep. and that it was a tool that we could use. That's the benefit of a podcast like this. Right. Hats right. off to you, the listener, for right. consuming, because as you're hearing this, you should be asking yourself the question, how am I doing with that? Mm-hmm. You let this podcast and other things that you consume you know, be a, an outlet for accountability. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Yeah. I think of clients that I, that I coach and consulting that I do. These are very successful leaders. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't know what to do. It's getting a third party, a different set of eyes to come in, restate what makes sense and hold people accountable to it. I like it. I like it. What's number two? Number two in increasing your culture and something you can start to do right away is promote accountability and fairness. Yes. And again, who does not, uh, who can't agree with accountability and more importantly, fairness? If there's one thing that almost everybody in the world can agree on, it's fairness. Fairness is that thing where everybody feels like it's a level playing field, but this is very hard to achieve within an organization. Well, why is that? Well, you have different personalities, you have different ways of thinking, but this is a game changer if you can do it well. An issue in less engaged organizations that I see is that accountability is not consistent. And this is this will derail your culture. By and large, most employees believe that they're working hard and that they're following the rules it's, it's others who aren't diligent and compliant, right? It's not me. Yeah. It's never my fault. I'm the, I'm, I got axed to the grindstone here. I'm doing my fault, my, my part. When is the boss going to go over there and give you know John a talking to for not doing his part? 
If you're going to build a strong culture, it is important to know that accountability starts with very clear performance standards that apply equally to everyone. And yes, I said everyone from the top down. It Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what their title is. It doesn't matter what their tenure is. Everybody is held to the standard of the expectation. Yeah. You have to know, your people have to know what is the standard. And this includes the leadership team. If leaders don't model desired behaviors, employees get the idea that the rules are arbitrary mm-hmm. and you will never, ever get buy in. Mm-hmm. If a leader is outside of the expectations and outside of the culture or whatever it might be, you have to move swiftly. Because if you don't, what your people start thinking is, the rules don't apply to them, yep. and you will never get engagement, and you will never get buy-in. Oh, yeah. But there are some very easy steps to begin to create a culture of accountability. And the first step, I just touched on it, is define results and expectations. If people don't know what the speed limit is, you have not earned the right to give them a speeding ticket. Yep. They have to know. And don't wait for a mistake to happen and then waste energy finding who's to blame. Mm -hmm. Instead, set clear standards and expectations before the project or the work even starts, whether it's the beginning of a fiscal year, the beginning of a week, the beginning of a month, the beginning of a project, make sure the expectations are very clear. Make sure that all employees are aware of and they understand what results the organization is trying to achieve and what the expectations are for everyone. We have to realize it's tough, if not impossible, to hit a target that you can't see. We have to give people the target up front. Yeah. The second piece of a culture of accountability is gain commitment. This is a huge step that is missed. Sometimes when it comes to accountability, leaders do a pretty good job setting the projection or setting the KPI, but they don't get buy-in. They don't get the head nod from the employee. Yeah. I hear you. I'm on board. Without commitment, what we get is compliance at best, but most likely we're going to get resistance. Yep. You know, having an employee say, I'll try, that's not commitment. You need to ask the employee, do I have your commitment? At this point, we're either going to get feedback that you have my commitment, here's what I'm going to do, or they're going to have concerns, which give you the opportunity to listen to the concerns, talk through them, or maybe even evaluate your expectation. You have to work with the employee to overcome barriers and figure out what needs, what they need to do to obtain their commitment. Yeah. What, what does this conversation look like? But without commitment, at best, you're getting compliance, and it's probably only if you're around. Yep. The third piece in this accountability culture is consequences and reinforcement. Mm. And for the passive leader out there, you need to hear this. Uh, And for the aggressive leader, this doesn't mean making people bleed. This means setting clear expectations. And when those expectations aren't met, you hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. There is a consequence. If you are going 85 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone and a police officer sees you do that and they don't pull you over. Yeah. There's going to be problems. Oh, yeah. Because then it's going to be like you can speed and there's no consequences. Ultimately, there has to be consequences for consistently poor performance Mm -hmm. Uh, and reinforcing positive behavior as well. Yes. You know, consequences and reinforcement. Reinforcement is, Lem, you're doing a great job. Keep doing it. Everybody look what Lem's doing. Do it like Lem. That's reinforcement. 
Consequence is, you know what to do. You've been trained on what to do. You're choosing not to do it. Now there's a consequence. Yeah. Without this, employees will soon catch on that accountability is all talk and it's no action. Yeah. You are all bark and no bite. Yeah. And the boundaries just keep getting extended. The culture deteriorates. The business results deteriorate. Turnover ensues. And it's just a nasty picture. Yeah. I recommend it with this step, I highly recommend progressive discipline. Progressive discipline is uh, depending on the offense, you know, going through a process. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy to think that somebody could be terminated for being five late, five minutes late to a meeting. Right. And they're never, that never happens. But if you have progressive discipline, somebody's five minutes late, you sit them down, you give them a first verbal talking right, to, right. they're five minutes late again, you give them a written and you tell them, if this were to happen again, you may be terminated. Yeah. Now this has happened four times. Mm -hmm. Now this is no longer a small offense. It's a behavior yeah. and you can't be on the team. Yep. You got to go. Yep. So you're going to fire me because I've been five minutes late to a meeting? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> and so an important note for the aggressive leader you have to remember accountability is to change a behavior and reinforce culture. It should not be a beatdown. This is not a beatdown session. You know, can you imagine getting pulled over by a police officer because you were going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit and he comes to the window and starts just ripping you up one side and down the next? What are you thinking? You beep, beep, beep. Get out of the car. I'm going to tase you for going 10 miles an hour. No. Yeah, that'd be crazy. The whole point of a speed limit sign is to help a behavior be enforced. The whole reason for a speed speeding ticket is to make sure that you don't do it again. If there's no consequence or no uh, discomfort or no pain, why would you ever stop speeding? Right. It's the same same thing with employees. You owe it to the culture of your team and your peak performers to hold people accountable. Mm -hmm. Culture will change in a very positive way when leaders consistently practice these steps. Yes. B building and maintaining a great culture, it is a never-ending task. It can, and I assure you, it will be challenging and very time-consuming. However, there's the other side of this. There's, there's no comparison to the challenge of having a weak culture. Yeah. It will destroy you. It will destroy your organization. So I want to challenge everyone. Take inventory of these two areas as it relates to the culture you're building with your team. Ask yourself, what areas of improvement can you begin to work on? What will your strategy be to drive this engagement with your leadership team? How will the communication be delivered to the front line? How will you ensure that these efforts are sustainable and they're not just a great rollout? And if this is something that our team can support you with, we'd love the opportunity. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, there you have it, everyone. Two steps, two bona fide steps that you can begin taking immediately to help enhance the culture of your team. Let me run through them really quickly to remember, to remind you. One, communicate what is happening in your organization. And two, promote accountability and fairness. And just like Jeff said, you know, if you need any help, we would be happy to support you in your efforts in this endeavor. If you need some help in building the culture of your team, let us know by emailing us at jeff at jeffhancher.com. Whether it's an introductory, a one-time call to get you started, or helping with a comprehensive project, you know, we have every resource to get you well on your way to a world-class 
organization. So in the meantime, be sure to catch up on the show notes from this episode by going to jeffhancher.com forward slash show notes. And once again, until next time, you absolutely need to know that you have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. 